Good morning. You may be seated. It's good to be back in worshiping. It is good to see baptism and to see new life. There were three children born during that COVID process, so we are uh, thrilled to uh, be growing even even if it's in that type of a way. I, do you recognize this? The U.S. passport happens to be my passport. This one small document carries so much weight and so much power. It allows you to travel to many places. Mine is getting a little bit full. I need to maybe get a new one or add some pages. Uh, This little document describes who my authority is. It describes where I reside. And it describes a little bit about my perspective on the world. Because we come from one location or another, it changes how we see everything else. And so as I carry this document, it allows me to go into places that I wouldn't be able to go without it, as far as various countries and all that. And as I go into different places, I have to be mindful. How do I live in this world? How do I relate to this culture? How do I communicate to people? Have you wondered how you're supposed to live in the world you're in the midst of right now? Have you struggled with what your role and your responsibility is? Well, that is what I'd like to look at today. You know, there's a temptation, a couple of different temptations. One temptation is to just run away, hide, find a place in the Minnesota North Woods that I can just seclude myself. But there's a problem that goes along with that is because if we go there, all of the problems that are internal will come along with us. The other reaction is to try to solve the problems that we see around us and try to fix them in our our own strength, whatever way that seems best. So both of those methods of finding out how to live in this world have some problems have some challenges. There's a Barna survey that was done that describes how Christians see their responsibilities at work. Basically, how do you live in the world? And so there's some encouraging sides to this. At the top, it's going to be hard for you to read it, but I'll read off the top four. Act ethically, uh, speak the truth, demonstrate morality, and and have friends with non-Christians. Those were... Percentages, 82%, 76, 72, and 68. High percentages of uh, people perceiving their role, their responsibility in this world. On the bottom end, there are some smaller bars. Those, the, the bottom bar was share the gospel, 26%. Mold the culture at work, 35%. Bring grace and peace into the workplace, 48%. So the question of how should we live in our world is a real question, is a real challenge for us, an important question to answer. And I would challenge you with the point that there's only one thing that a Christian has to offer the world, and that's Jesus. There's only one thing that the... Christian has to offer the world, and that's Jesus. 
Now that can take many different forms and it might take some of the forms described in that survey. Maybe it includes uh, sharing hope with somebody. Maybe it's pointing people to the cross. Telling people about your personal testimony. Lots of ways that that can look, sharing Jesus. <clears throat> in this text that we're going to be looking at today, Jesus is doing that very thing. He is living in and amongst a pagan world, and he's responding to this pagan world. And so as we look at this text, notice how Jesus responds to the world that he's living in. Because that is a, an example for us, but also more than an example. It is his living out his life for the world. So the, the, let's read this text. It comes from John 18, beginning at verse 33. John 18, verse 33, starting there. <clears throat> so Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting, would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is on the side of truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? After this he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover, so what do you want? So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Interesting text to consider how do we live in the world today. Here's Jesus before Pilate 2,000 years ago, and, and we're applying it to our lives today. And I think you'll find that the world needs Jesus because he is the way to life in this world. So there's a few things to note about him. First of all, he's a different kind of king. I'm going to read some of these verses again, uh, just so that we keep the, the fresh before us for what the context is. So Pilate enters the question, enters the headquarters and, and calls Jesus to him and says, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answers, Do you say this of your own accord? Or did others say this to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew that your own nation and your chief priest delivered you over to me? That first question, Are you the king of the Jews? It shows Pilate's priorities. It shows so many different things about him. It, it shows that authority was his number one priority. The Jews, uh, the Romans were the occupying force over the Jewish country or community or, or land of Israel. 
And uh, so they hated the, the Roman occupation, but Pilate was their authority. So here's an opportunity for Pilate to state and to clearly define who is in charge. So the Pilate's priority is control and domination. So if Jesus poses a threat to that authority, then, or anything else under that under his authority, then that threat should be eliminated. He had put Jesus in a box, a Jewish box. He was trying to interrogate Jesus, trying to question him, see if he can, he will uh, confess to something. Maybe uh, that there's another king besides Caesar. But Jesus asks Pilate a question that puts him on the defensive, on the uh, being the one that's interrogated, investigated. Because his question, his statement, uh, Jesus' question to, to Pilate, reveals who is really in control. Notice what it says there. Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say this to you about me? The Romans, and, and Pilate was having this attitude that he is in charge, but now Jesus points out that the Jews are the ones that are controlling him. They turned Jesus over to him, and they're telling him what to do. Romans held to this, this emphasis on uh, power and control and science and authority. It really became their god. As you could see, all of their, their, the Roman gods, the Greek gods. But here is Pilate submitting to one of this, these Jewish leaders, you can see that there's these two competing powers at work. Who's in charge? So the Jews, they're the ones handing them over to Jesus. Maybe they are in charge. But here is the religious community with religious regulations turning to a pagan leader to decide their matters. So in essence, they are betraying themselves as well. Because instead of deciding things on their own, they are turning to Pilate to make a decision on their behalf. A person who cares nothing about their religious regulations or rights, so the Jewish leaders are also without power. Their system is based on obligations and duties and self-righteousness. They are serving a demanding God, not a caring one. They did not have empathy or compassion or concern for people. So you've got these two different powers, two different kings. Do you see them in our world today? Are we not surrounded by these two kings, one of humanism, one of empty religiosity, one of exerting power but having none, the other one with demands but no love? 
We have kings that exert domination over us, telling us how to live. And we have other kings that saying, you can live however you want. Do whatever we want. We are our own authority. We have kings that demand that we serve them. Sometimes those kings are internal cravings. Do you know that there's a, an election in November? Did, did, did you, you, you knew that? Oh, okay. We're going to decide who is the king of that country. Well, we're going to elect a person anyway. Elections are important, and we can see all around us how those elections play out and, and the decisions that are based on those elections and those type of things. But those that election is not going to bring about the stability that we need over our lives and how we live. Here's a, there's another uh, person up for election. Let me read his job description. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will not be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him... He it is that bears much fruit. There might be an election in November, but there's an election today regarding the king of your life and of your heart. Who are you voting for? So, Jesus is a different kind of king. And he rules a different kind of kingdom. Pilate asks the second question. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, but that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate asks a normal question, one that any one of us might ask, trying to understand who Jesus is, It's a cause and effect type of question. What have you done? Meaning that he would not have been turned over to Pilate for discipline or execution if he had not done something bad. He must have done something terrible to allow him to deserve this type of treatment from his own people. And so Pilate, uh, Jesus disturbs Pilate's reality. He says that my kingdom is not of this world. Here is Pilate, the ruler over both the Jewish world and the Roman community of that area. And Jesus says, I'm not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. 
There's a kingdom that is beyond the physical reality that Pilate is aware of. He doesn't answer the question of what is he, uh, what have you done, because that's referring to a physical world. And Jesus is pointing to another kingdom, not measured by what we have done, by measuring, but by measuring what God has done. You know, it's it's easy for us to get caught up in this world of what we see. I was on the computer and I was watching and I just got sucked off into one of those ads. It had a very interesting, intriguing title. It said, uh, People That Own Islands. And it described these uh, celebrities and and, uh, the islands that they owned and the pictures of the islands and how much they paid for them and whatever. You know, it it was a description of people who were trying to make their own kingdom. They could seclude themselves. They could get away from everything. But the problem is, with that type of a kingdom, is that whatever problems exist internally are going to follow you wherever you go. It is the comparison game that is in our mind. It's the impressions, the actions that the judgments that we put on people or that we put on ourselves. If you're good, you will be rewarded. If you do bad, then you're going to suffer consequences. See, it's it's natural for us to be seeing things of this world, the cravings, the longings, the tangible desires that we have. But there's a problem with this world's kingdom. It, number one is that it, it all is going to fade. It's all going to disappear. It doesn't have any lasting results. And the second is that whatever we have internally, we're not fixing it with anything externally. We need a different kingdom. We need a different kingdom, one that rules our heart. And there is a a kingdom, and it's based on, not on what we have done, but what God has done. One that judges the true motive of a person rather than the impressions on the outside. One that controls our heart. Notice description of this kingdom. It's a kingdom where there's forgiveness. Colossians 1, 13. He delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Here's another description of that kingdom. Titus 3, verse 4. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done in our own righteousness, but according to his Mercy. How about uh, Galatians 3.28? There's neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. You are all one. John 7.24. Judge not by appearances, but judge with right judgment. John 1.17. Regarding truth. 
For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. See, we need a different kind of king, and we need a different kind of kingdom if we're going to live in this world. And third, we need a different perspective. A perspective that is outside of the things that we see and touch and feel and think. Verse 37, Pilate asks the third question. So, you are a king. Jesus answered, so you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world. To bear witness to the truth, everyone who is of truth listens to my voice. Uh, Here's Pilate. He's trying to discern what is true and false regarding accusations against Jesus. And Jesus is the one teaching him about truth and reminding him about truth. He's trying to understand things in a, you know, his own human perspective. A king has a kingdom and a kingdom, and he rules over that kingdom. The whole mindset of power and control. And Jesus changes his perspective on ruling. A king does have a kingdom and they do rule, but how is the real question here? And Jesus changes Pilate's perspective, or presents a different perspective, a different mission, a different purpose. Pilate's asking about uh, his identity, and Jesus is clarifying who he is, what he has done. More than that, why? You know, the identity addresses the question of who and, and the purpose addresses the question of what. But perspective addresses the question of why. When our perspective is based on the things of this world, then our identity follows in that same pattern. We see ourselves in terms of the world around us. What is our idea of who we are or uh, people, how they see us, what we feel like, what we desire in ourselves? But if our perspective is from the things of God, then he is the one that decides who we are and what we are and what our purpose in life is. You know, we have various jobs. We have, uh, it would be interesting to see the collage of jobs that we have here, even represented in this room. And some of those jobs are easy, some are difficult, some are mundane, some are repetitious. But regardless of the task that we do, the reason we do that is what this is getting at. Do we do it for this world's perspective? Are we doing it for the glory of God? We can do any task, taking care of little Dot, changing her diapers, uh, Chuck, uh, to the glory of God. Sometimes it sounds like Satan. <laughs> you have to keep, keep that heavenly perspective at that moment. The truth is that we can do anything, everything, whether it's... a for an earthly purpose or a heavenly purpose. 
So have you planted a seed? Have you planted a garden before? Have, have you ever planted the seed upside down? It's so discouraging. You know, the plant grows down. You don't see the plant. There's nothing showing for itself. That is ridiculous. Seeds don't grow down. Seeds grow up. It doesn't matter what direction you put the seed in. It's going to turn up. It turns to the sun. The place where it gets its warmth. If a tiny seed can change its perspective and go to the light, can we not also have a different perspective in this world? One that looks up rather than down. See, when, we, when it comes to this topic, the reality is that this isn't, isn't just how we live in the world. Every one of us needs Jesus to live. If we're going to live in this world, we need Christ. Why? Because we need a different king. One that is willing to say, or does longingly say, that he gives you the right to be a child of God. We need a different kingdom. One who is going to rule your heart in a right and a just way. We need a different perspective. One that transforms our mind. Now I have another passport with me here. It's a little larger. That passport defines my authority. It defines where I reside. And it changes my perspective how I see the world. Oh, how we need Jesus and how we need to cling to this different king, this different kingdom, and this different perspective. May he give us grace to live in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would open our minds, our hearts, as we try to understand how to live in this world, how to be effective, how to be witnesses for you, how to mold and shape the culture that we are surrounded with. And beginning within our own heart, Lord, there is so much, even within that needs to be transformed. And I pray that you would do that. You would open our minds and our hearts to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.